On behalf of Pastor Jeremy and myself, welcome back to the Pastor's Bible Study Corner here live at Desert Foothills Studios in Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are. We're very, uh, very happy that you're joining us. Uh, I got a note just this week that someone was starting uh, now uh, at the very beginning of the book of Acts. Starting to work through it. Working through our uh, studies, kind of one study a day. Uh, they get caught it's up. It's a great idea. So we're still catching people. Uh, even that's what's kind of great about having all these recorded, is that people can jump in the middle of our study yep. and uh, get caught up, not miss anything, and uh, still, yeah, still walk through God's word together. Yeah, a reminder too: you can always, if you even see one that stands out to you that you think a, a friend might enjoy, you can always just send over one of them to them and say, you know, check out this this quick study that I saw, even if they don't participate in the entire thing, maybe there's one that uh, will be meaningful to them. Right. All right, so we left off in chapter 15. They had a little fight about this, a little disagreement about that. And now uh, in chapter 16, we're uh, heading off on another missionary journey. Paul, formerly Saul, uh, persecuting the churches now out there, uh, man, planting churches, sharing the gospel like crazy all around the Mediterranean rims. There's a lot of time in Turkey here uh, in this chapter. So chapter 16, verse 1, we'll read to verse 10. Timothy joins Paul and Silas. Remember young Timothy. Uh, he came to Derby and then to Lystra where the disciples named, uh, a disciple, sorry, named Timothy lived. So Timothy lived in Lystra, uh, whose mother was Jewish and a believer. In other words, uh, follower, devout devout follower, uh, but uh, whose father was a Greek. Interesting. So the brothers, in other words, this is the the Christian church, the followers of the way at this point. Uh, The brothers um, at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of Timothy. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Figure that out. Dad, male, Greek, Timothy, Greek son. Um, As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem, which was, you don't have to be circumcised to become a follower of Jesus. You don't don't have to become Jewish before you can become a Christian. Uh, Yeah, for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew Daily in numbers. Hmm. And that, in, well, let's talk about the first thing first, I guess. So it's interesting, right? We just finished chapter 15 uh, about this big fight. Disagreement that happens, yep. Christians at Antioch were told unofficially uh, that they needed to be circumcised before they could become Christians. Yep. Big council in Jerusalem, all the church leaders, the people who were with Jesus, lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, they said, no. No, you don't have to do this. No, you're saved by grace. Yep. It's not by works. Actually, we heard a great sermon on that this Sunday, I think, or yep. Saturday night, yep. Sunday on the online church. And yet the first thing Paul does... Right off the bat. He recruits Timothy onto his mission team. And then he does what says, they just said you didn't have to do. Right. But there's a reason for it, right? I mean, yeah. this is based not off of that concept of salvation. It's done as a method of knowing the hearer, the people they're going to speak to, will be more open and not have this as a stumbling block, 
right? And so maybe we can equate that to something in our own day and age to ways that we would maybe break off a part of our freedom or not do something in order to get others to be able to hear the gospel or be more open to the gospel of removing any type of stumbling block that we possibly can. And, you know, that's exactly why they do this here. And it even mentions that, doesn't it? Uh, Verse 3, I think, because of the Jews. Yeah, who lived in that area. For they knew that his father was a was a Greek. Yes, so they he didn't have him, Right, he didn't have him circumcised because he had to do that to become a Christian. Yep, him circumcised because of the Jews, because yeah. of his testimony. So Timothy literally became all things to all people, yeah. so that some might be saved. Yeah, this Paul, huge mission. And again, all of us to do. again, that's like a great calling for us in the church today, right? To think about that of not uh, just taking the freedoms we have for granted, but being able to say, you know, what are things that I can live without or give up so that others will hear this this great news. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, where we stop at? Verse 5? Yep. Right? So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they grew daily in numbers. And, you know, back in uh, seminary, and, uh, you know, there was this, for some reason, this debate, uh, fun fun debate, people like that, about, you know, is, is the church all about numbers? Do we make too much of a big mm. deal about numbers? It's the Holy Spirit that grows the church. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit that converts a, a soul. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit that brought 3,000 <clears> on the first day, you know, on Pentecost. Yes, yes, yes. What do you say? I well, may not something be, to say. But it may not be the, the, the main thing, but it is a, uh, a piece of evidence, right, at the Lord's work and something that should be celebrated. You know, uh, our church just had another baptism that we performed this last weekend. And like, isn't that great to be like, hey, we, we had another baptism that God allowed to happen. We don't have to say like, oh, let's not tell anybody about mm-hmm. this. Like that's, you know, another adopted son uh, of, of the Lord and something that we should celebrate. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes we get up and down on numbers, but the, the Lord can use the church growth or the church, at least in our minds, retraction for a lot of different ways. And we see that throughout scripture of when we see things that don't seem like they're going so well and then they, they pull back back up. So mm-hmm. the numbers are good evidence, but at the same time, they may not be the, the main thing that we're just you know focused on. Right, yeah, I would say, uh, I think God doesn't want us, well, let me say it this way. Our mission, our success and mission is not necessarily a certain goal of numbers, mm-hmm. but it is certainly measured in faithfulness. And here you see Paul, zealous for the mission, laser-focused message. Christ died for your sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and was seen. Yep. And you have Timothy being all things to all peoples so that some might be saved. I mean, here these are, <clears throat> you know, these are uh, missionaries who are being faithful uh, to their to their gospel mission. And the results are in God's hands, of course. But I'll say I'll say it this way. I'll say it this way. Maybe it's crass. I don't know. But in my experience, mm-hmm. so this is not statistics or anything, but just my observations in my life, I've seen the Holy Spirit growing churches where, say, the pastor is working hard, the people are on mission, uh, versus where I've seen churches not have great numbers and usually the opposite is the case. God still calls us to be effective, right? And that's even, the I think, the dangerous thing. We've talked about grace lately in our sermons uh, and some of our devotions. 
And we do say, you know, grace is what saves you. That's it. It's not by any of your own works. But that doesn't mean that we just do nothing at the same time, right? You know, it doesn't mean that we don't have church service. It doesn't mean that we don't tell others about God. It doesn't mean that we don't read the, the Bible. All of these other elements are still important. So it really is this, this both and. But when we're truly filled with the Spirit, I think that's when people are more active, right? Where things are occurring because that really is God working in and, and through us. Just more evidence of that. Yep. All right, probably more time than we wanted to spend on that. But That's all right. Numbers, there you go. All right, let's finish up, get to verse 10 here. Verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phygera and, and Galatia, <clears throat> having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Uh, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter uh, Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision, a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Um, so it talks about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus seems to be two different names for the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same person. Uh, prevents them from going further, deeper east into, into Asia. Interesting, right? Pointing them to this different direction of being able to go here, you know? Uh, we don't have really a big explanation of why that pause is or what happens there, but that it's more important this other direction is followed. Right. Just It's God's plan right then. And I guess we conclude could conclude that... When God closes a door, <laughs> he opens he op up another city. He opens another city. Yeah, a whole other city. Yeah. But there's something to that. Right? Even there is, if we think right? About, uh, you know, if I finally get up the, the nerve to go and say, talk about faith, talk about Jesus with somebody, and they're like, just, they just shut it down. Like, and it's like, oh, man. Like, I just put myself out there. Yeah. just kind of opened up and then closed door. And this happens to, to Paul and uh, Timothy and uh, the great missionaries that they are. They're like, oh, man, yeah, let's, let's keep going. Let's get into Asia. Let's keep getting our foothold, uh, you know, whatever, deeper into, the, into the, the continent. And the Holy Spirit says, no, it's not, it's not your job. It's not your time. Yeah. You know? And I got something else planned for you, too. Exactly. Right? You know, there's something better that's there for you. Yeah. And interesting, like this, uh, this, they have this vision, you know, that happens of this individual that's begging them to be able to come and be able to, to hear that gospel message, to be able to preach to them. And I don't think it, it, nothing ever goes on to say, you know, who this individual is or if it was somebody in the city that they saw or what that looks like, but it's interesting that they receive this calling. You know, Jesus kind of gives them the pause, the, the spirit of Jesus, as the spirit's mentioned there, to not go to this one area, but then they hear from, not Christ, or not from the spirit, but to get this vision of this man that is then calling them. And that's, I, I don't know, that's super interesting to me, because you hear somebody who, you know, they're begging for that word, whether it's, whether it's somebody uh, in reality or it's a, a representation of people wanting to hear the word or needing to hear that word, it's kind of an interesting uh, transition that happens there with these men going from place to place. I don't know if you have any insight on. on no, that I just I don't have any insight. We don't know because it doesn't know, really say details. anything. But what I you know what I think is safe 
to assume what I think is cool is that obviously there were there were believers in Macedonia who were praying prayers like we pray. Lord, yeah. help me understand you. Help me know your will. Help me to know, or you know, uh, or just feeling uh, guilty, feeling shame from the Lord. You know, forgive me. Help me know your peace. And uh, God had some men coming with some good news, and this is how God discouraged maybe by saying, you know, they wanted to go into Asia and said, no, head west toward Greece. And uh, this is your encouragement to, that people need to hear this this gospel uh, over in Macedonia, which is basically Greece. And by the way, this is Paul's second missionary journey. We're in about years uh, 49 hmm. to 52 AD. Yeah, yep. So we're good one generation, good 20 years now out from the resurrection. And uh, the gospel is just spreading like wildfire. No offense. All right, let's continue on with our verses here then. Uh, Lydia's conversion in Philippi. Uh, From Tros we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day on to Nepolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatria, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. All right. Uh, So just some footnotes, right? Uh, Philippi, Caesar Augustus, remember him? Jesus' day, they named Philippi a Roman colony. So think about Puerto Rico as a colony. So Mm. Philippi was this Greek city in Greece, um, what we call Greece now. But they had been given the status of a colony. In other words, they could govern themselves, and they were considered Roman citizens. They weren't, you know, think about Jerusalem and kind of the overlord, you know, the Roman oppression, the overlords and things. But, you know, Philippa had this really cool, you know, independence, if you will, high status. And so a very prominent city. You know, you get the gospel there, and now you've got a real foothold in Europe. And then uh, verse 13, so on the Sabbath, they went outside the city gates to the river, where they expected to find a place of prayer. No, there wasn't a, uh, a synagogue in uh, Philippi, which means there weren't many Jews because it took, yeah. it took 10 Jewish men to be able to, to establish form, form that yeah. synagogue. So there was no synagogue. They went outside on the Sabbath. And uh, it's pretty interesting, right? They don't, they don't find a group of men praying. They find women. <laughs> so cool, too, like this... Uh, I mean, this lady who's not just, she holds her own, right? She is this dealer. She's this businesswoman, you know, that they're talking about that they go to be able to meet. She's probably pretty respected in the community, probably fairly well known. I mean, just purple, which is yeah, one of the expensive Yeah, uh, more of a garments. royal color to be able to have, sometimes described as crimson. Uh, I think that dye came from like... Uh, some oysters or clams yeah. or something in the sea. It was it, hard to. It, it had to come from all different types of uh, 
anything in nature, right? I mean, this is where it's coming from at this time. Sometimes even bugs of different types or different types of uh, berries. Uh, and then a lot of times, yeah, from different even types of uh, shellfish, mm -hmm. which actually people don't, probably don't know some of that stuff still used to even make dye today. Mm -hmm. uh, some of those things. That's why even different red types of dye, some people can be allergic to it, not just by eating it, by other things, because they have a shellfish allergy, <laughs> funny enough. But it's interesting, I like it because it has this, it's this personal element, right? Like, here's this woman, here's her name, uh, here's what she does for work, here's the city she lives in. It's very specific about uh, this one individual who is able to get this blessing, but then from there, it, it has this spread too, right? It's her household but that is affected. But she's a key person. Yeah. Probably, obviously in her household, but then probably even, you know, economically, who she bought, supplies, who she sold to. Yes. Um, this influence that she had. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, we think about what influence do we have? Like, where has God positioned us in our neighborhood or community or whatever groups we hang out at, the Y, the Kiwanis, uh, to be able to share the gospel. Yeah, whatever, like you said, your circle is, you know, mm -hmm. and it, that's why it's so important that all of us have different circles that are not just friends with people here at church, super important, very right. supportive, but to have interlinking circles too for that word to be able to get out. Right, and I know, you know, one of the things I do is my chaplain work, I see that as a way to see people outside of church. Oh yeah. Otherwise I'm here six days a week and oh, yeah. all I see are church people. Oh yeah. And I know you do a great job uh, making friends with uh, other parents at school or your career goes. That's a huge one. Yeah. Your neighbors, just yep. literally neighbors, next yep. door neighbors, just down the street neighbors. Um, so I'm encouraged to hear, you know, the, the relationships that you build outside of the church. It's always good just to kind of like, I think, I think push just a little bit, right? Think about who are those, those people that you see on a regular basis or even semi-regular basis that people really are open to having good conversations. You just got to be, you know, I think not aggressive with yeah. it, but you need to be proactive at the same time about sharing your faith. You, you don't have to try to bring your faith up. It will come up in a conversation. It, it comes up in normal yeah. everyday life. That's how Jesus works. Look at our stories today. This is, they're not looking for this woman. This happens <laughs> as they're going, they're going out. They're going to they're pray. They're looking for and, some men to yeah. pray on the Sabbath. Yeah, and this is, what, <laughs> this is what happens. And that's how the Lord has worked and I think always will continue to work because that's truly within his plan. Very cool. All right, let's go to verse 16 and maybe through 24. All right. Just to break it up a little. So, uh, once when we were uh, going to the, the place of prayer. Sorry, I'm going to stop you really quick. We keep hearing these we's all of a sudden. Oh, you're that right, are, you're right. That are now there. They yeah, the, weren't in the, the book of Acts so much before. And this started, I think, in verse 10, where all of a sudden, instead of talking about Paul and Silas are going out, it's we. And so you actually see the author of the book here has now it seemed join them at this point, it seems like in verse 10 mm -hmm. and moving forward that he is with them now during this time. So a little sub No, it's very there. good, absolutely. Yeah, that stands out. Uh, so once we were going to the, the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this up for many days. <laughs> Get it annoying, right? Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, not the girl, right? The spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. 
and at that moment the spirit left her. <laughs> when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. I think one version... Uh, Translations with Rod. Mm. After they had been severely flogged, and we know about that too, uh, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Mm. So, <laughs> so a couple things. Uh, one, uh, you have this girl who's shouting, these are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. So she's actually, what she's saying is true. What it's the, the truth. What the spirit in her, a demon, whatever, is, is saying is, is true. Yeah. Yet Paul still turns around and rebukes the spirit, casts it out of her. Yeah, he does seem bothered by it, right? Right. It says troubled is the word used. Troubled. So one probably uh, probability, I think, is that, uh, you know, why would he cast out this spirit who's actually telling the truth? Um, well, uh, he is uh, he is proclaiming this new and very controversial uh, truth from God. Mm -hmm. that this Jesus, he rose from the dead. Uh, who's going to believe that? And, you know, do you want the person of a known, do you don't want the testimony of this known, you know, crazy person or possessed person kind of agreeing with your message hmm. like what does that do to your I don't know uh, reputation yes uh, to the validity of the message right right I, I think that's probably got a, a lot to do with it oh, and also because I mean it's just not good to be possessed by a demon so yeah he's probably doing the doing the girl quite quite the uh, gift uh, oh yeah, he for sure. Her. Yeah, spiritual healer. Of this. Well, and this just shows, you know, that what the the danger that Sarah talks about this woman being used by these people to predict the the future. Who knows what that's like compared to today? But obviously, there was interest in that, you know, during this time. People still have interest oh. in this today, right? Oh, my understanding is that the whole psychic hotline and fortune telling thing has just skyrocketed this year really with the coronavirus this pandemic interesting all people the are looking for answers yep yep uh so yeah people still exactly try to find answers in the wrong places and so what i mean what happens in the end is that the owners of this person who are they're abusing her right they're using her for their own personal gain they don't care if she's possessed they don't care if it's hurting her they don't care if it's bad for her they're just trying to make money right. off of her and this is why they get upset the demon is taken out of her and they get upset not because they she's been healed or anything like that because they can't make money right any longer and here's here's something else that maybe is uh, noteworthy right whether it was a trick or whether there was some actual fortune telling mm -hmm. some actual future predicting going on I mean it's possible if she actually had this legit like evil spirit in her. In other words, the devil has tricks up his sleeve yep. to, to fool people. Uh, that's why Jesus 
oh, oh, so many times said, be careful, be careful, beware, mm-hmm. beware. Uh, don't be deceived. Like, the devil's really good at what he does. And uh, so they were probably legit, like, <clears throat> telling fortunes and making money. Yeah. And so with the spirit gone, she can't predict the future anymore. And uh, they're out of income. Now, here's interesting. So we know that they're ticked off because they're losing income. Yeah. But when they seize Paul and Silas and bring them in front of the crowd and the magistrates, they don't say anything about their economic situation. Yeah. What they say is, hey, these Jews are breaking our Roman laws and asking us Roman citizens to do things we're not supposed to do. Yeah. They're stirring up you know, civil uh, tr- unrest yeah. and breaking the law. Nothing to do with their own interesting, yep. economic hurt that they just experienced. And they really get the people fired up in the... Because it says they throw them in this prison. Interesting, they tell them to carefully watch them, right? And it actually says they put them in this inner prison where the, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not just sitting behind, you know, a cell or block walls. Now they're in an area where they, they're physically chained up, an area that would have been used for, you know, torturous activities mm-hmm. to really keep people, you know, locked in with a cell within a cell, if right. you will. To, to and, keep shack- and even their oh, yeah. feet shackled oh, in, yeah. the cell, in the it's cell. Gotta, it's got to be horrible the way that they're locked up right now. And who knows, maybe they're maybe they're forced to stand so they can't get comfortable or hunched over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, think about the chains at this time and stuff and that uh, obviously the, the temperature <laughs> in there and probably the, the lack of food and water. Yeah. Uh, no restroom facility. Like it just gets worse and worse. And they're, they're, they're in a bad place. And they're living right. And they're living this out. Like they yeah. don't know there's going to be an action all the way to. We're in sixteen. They don't oh, know yeah. it's going all the way to twenty. No, 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 like, no. Paul doesn't know he's yeah. going to make a third journey and a fourth. Yeah. Journey. Like this is when he gets when, when he gets the to the next line of, of about midnight. That could be it for them. Like that could be their their final their mm-hmm. final hour. So perfect well, setup. Let's for get what jump happens into next. that then. Verse twenty five. Yeah. About midnight, Paul and Silas were. The praying and singing hymns. I, I don't know. Like because that's what I do when yeah. my world looks like it's about to end. Oh man, uh, just it's it, natural. It's, it's such a great, it's such a great testimony of these individuals. They're praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Interesting, right? These these other guys that are there, they're not telling them to be quiet. They're not saying that they are a bother. They're actually listening to them. For however long the other prisoners were there, you know, all they heard were groanings, complaints, yep. cursing, and now, wow, what's going on here? So yeah. suddenly there's this violent earthquake and that the foundations of the prison, prison were shaken. All at once, all the prison doors flew open uh, and everybody's chains came loose. Uh, just imagine that. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Uh, I mean, so much already there. Maybe we just pause even Mm -hmm. for just a a second. Uh, Obviously, the guard's going to kill himself because uh, they would have done worse to him for letting these prisoners go. They would have uh, potentially tortured him and then killed him. It potentially would have taken it out on his family, maybe even in, in front of him. And he knows by putting himself to death, he has done them 
uh, almost like it's almost his, like an honor type yes. death or something. And so then, and so then the the they would say, okay, well he did this to himself. He took his own punishment. We will he leave his family that. alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, imagine that picture of right the the chains coming off. Obviously, when he says. He has people come to the lights. They don't have a light switch, you know, to be able to yeah. flick on real quick. They got to bring in torches. They got to light some things. They got to see what's going on. I mean, it's super dark. There's mm-hmm. there's there's no light, and they're inside this dark cell too. And then Paul shouts out, you know, hey, we're here. We haven't do this. And interesting, his reaction, right? What must I do to be saved? Mm-hmm. He has heard their singing and their praising too, and he recognizes something different about these these individuals and so they they share it with him they replied believe in the lord jesus and you will be saved you and your household then they spoke the word of the lord to him and all the others in his household at that hour of the night the jailer took them and washed their wounds then immediately he and all his family were baptized the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Uh, again, twice now in this same chapter, we hear about an individual taking this message to their household, and we see those words expressed in a couple different ways to show the gravity of the situation. Household, mm-hmm. all of these people, and family, all of these people. Also, we see this concept of baptism that is occurring here. And I mean, these are these are key texts that people will try to explain around that really do push toward the encouragement of infant or children uh, being being baptized. When it talks about the whole family, that's what it's saying. You know, when I, when I tell you, hey, Pastor Mark, you know, I'm a, you know, what? I bought you this whole pizza. When I when I give it to you, you know, I don't say, well, but except I removed this slice here, or I took off all my, my favorite. T- I'm not removing something. You know, this this is the whole thing. It, it's all yeah. here. And when it talks about the whole family, it really is talking about a spouse, maybe a servant, uh, and obviously children in there too that are being being baptized. And this really is a key text for us as uh, Lutheran Christians to be able to say, you know, God really calls all people to be baptized. Absolutely. Well, 80-something percent of Christendom, really, right? Catholics, yeah. Christians, yep. Orthodox, everybody. Yep. Because... because it, Every time baptism is mentioned in the Bible, it is inclusive language. Mm, mm. It does never. It's a great it never, way to describe it, it. Never excludes anyone. Go baptize all nations, yeah. all peoples, all ethnos, the whole household of Lydia, the whole household of the jailer on Pentecost. They were all bad. Think about it, over three thousand people, right? We talked about that one day. Bad. They were baptized in the Jordan for days. Yeah, you know, yeah. those people. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's always inclusive. No one is ever excluded for any reason, not because of the dis- knowledge that they have or a decision or their age or their race or their gender. Yeah, all people, good. You want me to keep going or you want to take over? Yeah, I'll, I can read. What are we, 35? 35, yeah. <clears throat> when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. Uh, the jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and threw us into prison. And now, do they want to get rid of us quietly? No. That's an emphatic <laughs> one day. No. Uh, no. 
let them let them come themselves and escort us out. Oh, that's a, we'll get to that. So, uh, verse 18, the officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met uh, the brothers and encouraged them. Then they left. Interesting, the, the kind of the moxie that's there on their side, right? No, no, I'm just going to like usher us out. Why don't you guys come and, and yeah. get us now? Like yeah. you, you beat us without a trial. Yeah. You know, put us in prison for the night, whatever. And then they're like, okay, we'll let them go. And they said, no, 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 no. <laughs> and again, uh, like before, I, I don't think this is pride or anything. Like I think that, again, this is about uh, keeping the reputation of the message. For yes. the people of the city. Now you're right on. To see the magistrates come and say, yeah. oops, yeah. our mistake, we're releasing you. Yes. You're, you're, you know, you, you haven't broken any laws, you don't deserve to be in prison, you're, you're free to go, you're, whatever, you're in right standing with your citizenship, your Roman citizenship, whatever, it's just as in our community, you're free to go. You know what, now that I think about it, I've never put this together before. When you say that, I think about how nicely it actually pairs with this story of this demon-possessed girl who is calling them out saying, oh, you know, saying, like you said, they're here in the name of Jesus, they're preaching, they're saying the truth, and then this, this story of them being able to be released, but say, you know, we did this incorrectly, these guys are innocent. Both of them actually, both stories intersect in being able to share the validity of the message, and like you said, hold it intact that it isn't something that a demon is promoting or somebody that's promoting fortune telling. It's not being associated with that. It's not being associated with, hey, yeah, those two guys, they might be saying good things, but remember when they came and they were locked up and then they were beaten? Something happened there that was wrong. They both received validity because this demon is now gone. They are deemed to be innocent. And so like you said, it actually all goes back to the message of saying, well, there's, there it is in its purity, you know, being able to, to keep it safe. Oh, that's, a, that's a great point, Pastor Mark. Yeah, I think that's uh, so important for us to, as, I think, uh, any, as pastors, probably more, even more than uh, maybe just a member of the church. We all want to have a good reputation to share the gospel, but, you know, as a pastor, I'm, no, I'm you're constantly right. aware of, you know, 1 Timothy 3 being above reproach. Yep. In other words, even if somebody falsely accused you of something, you're above reproach. It would... Your Teflon, John, right? It'll, because people know you and they know your reputation. Yeah. Even a false accusation, they're gonna be like, no way. Yeah. Uh, or you know, the calendar. Or no, he's never been alone with them. Okay. Yeah. Or whatever. Financially, those are the big, the big uh, uh, weapons the devil tries to knock down it Christians is. and it, churches with. And not just for us inside, but so again, so people on the outside will see that whether it's true or not, and be able to say. What you know, we talk about uh, in our upcoming sermon of the fact that you know there's this hypocrisy that people see inside the church, and we've had that locally here in the Phoenix area, then throughout our state and throughout the world. It's unfortunate, especially in the scenarios that have been true, but it puts a, a, a stain upon Christianity. Uh, God's word will always prevail; it will always be able to uh, be that which overcomes anything. But we as humans do still, because of the privilege and right that God has given to us as Christians, 
uh, we at times we hold it back, you know, or we 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 dent it uh, a little bit, and so we do need to be cautious of who we represent as Christians. Um, I assume, like you know, when I used to leave my house uh, as a kid, you know, my my parents would say, "Hey, you know, remember who you represent? Family name." There's only there's only a few Dapinas in the United States, and I'm basically <laughs> related to all of them by blood. The name, uh, you know. And it, it's things will stick with you, and it's you know the same thing with us as Christians, right? When we go out into the world, or if we're in the privacy of our own house by ourselves, we are always representing Christ. We are these, yeah. these uh, speakers of the word, and we need to make sure we remember that it goes both ways, both for the positive and for the negative. Yeah, good, good stuff to learn today. I I want us just wrap it up with circling back to the uh, just the whole idea. The, Paul and Silas in this dungeon, this dingy, stinky, filthy dungeon, and they're singing songs, and, mm. and I'm sure it's psalms, I'm sure it's God's word, and what, I mean, what a better witness, right? And we think about when, whatever it is, we're stuck in a traffic jam, I guess there haven't been many of those in the pandemic, but, <laughs> yeah. but whatever, whatever trial, whatever hard time we're facing, instead of reacting the way the world would expect you to react, to react with a complete trust in God, yeah. confidence that He's going to get us through this, one way or the other. Uh, God's will is going to be done. It's going to be for His glory, yeah. whether I live or die, even. Uh, but to be able to have that uh, peace and even joy in all things, rejoice in the Lord always. Well, in these and th- in these things, other people find encouragement too, right? It's not just for us. I mean, this is what happens in the text witness. through multiple people. It even concludes with that, you know, they go to Lydia's house where they had just randomly met this woman before and they encourage, it says, all the different brothers and go out and shouldn't we do the same in, in any of our trials or temptations and in our celebrations too of not forgetting why we have those times to be able to celebrate. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Pastor Jeremy. All right. With that, Appreciate why don't we that. close with a prayer today? I'll, I'll end us out and we'll go from there. Uh, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this text that you give us today and throughout your word to be able to continue to pinpoint us as to what is uh, just most important within our lives. Uh, Lord, you can uh, look at this world and we can, we can uh, as individuals, just try to get more and more stuff or things and try to find happiness and elements and it just always fell, fails. Uh, but Lord, look at these individuals today that are in prison that have truly nothing uh, at least in our eyes or the eyes of the world, but they know, Lord, that something cannot be taken from them, as you tell us within your word, and they focus on that. It is what is most important, and it glows. Uh, it gives them uh, this saving grace here on this earth and a salvation that is uh, yet fully to come for these individuals. Do the same for us, Lord. Uh, wherever we may find ourselves today, allow us to be able to not forget you or forget that which you have given to your people and strengthen us, Lord, to be able to be these great uh, disciples here on this earth and to allow others in our everyday walk to be able to know uh, just a little bit today and tomorrow about you, that they can continue to build upon that. Most importantly, Lord, that your spirit will do that for them in their lives. All these things we do uh, wish and uh, bless upon your son's uh, holy and, and precious name that we will never be able to repay. In Jesus we do pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Come back next week. All right. See you later.